Storehouse Dallas. Today I want to talk to you on the subject that I have entitled The Apostolic Mandate of the Church. The Apostolic Mandate of the Church. Jesus, in the book of Matthew, chapter 16, said, I am going to build my church. And he said the church that he was going to build, the gates of hell were never going to prevail against it. Jesus meant to say that the church that he was going to build was going to be noticeable. The church that he was going to build cannot be avoided. Whether you like it or not, you have to acknowledge its presence. Jesus said he was going to build his church. He said he was going to build it himself. He was going to build it himself. Meaning he was going to provide the materials and all that is necessary for the building of that church. And when Jesus says he was going to build a church, whatever God builds, it is always designed to glorify him. God is never glorified by, by what he does not build. That's why the Bible says, unless the Lord builds the house, the one who's building the house is building in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stands guard in the night in vain. That's the reason why you need to allow God to build your house. Unless you allow God to build your house, your house is never going to glorify him. When you allow God to build your house, your husband is going to glorify God. Your wife is going to glorify God. Your children are going to glorify God. That's why we need to allow God to build this church. So that whatever goes on in this church, it glorifies the name of the Lord. And Jesus says the church was going to build was going to be so powerful. The gates of hell, when they rise up against that church, they were never going to prevail. And by my standing on this podium today, I want to make an apostolic declaration that from today, Every gate, now gates speak of authorities. Now there are different kinds of authorities and it speaks of governmental authorities. There are governmental demonic authorities. From today, Pastor Tracy, every gate that rises up against this church will never prevail. I really feel good about that. Every gate of hell, every gate of darkness 
That rises up against this church will never prevail. Because Jesus is building it. And the church that Jesus said he was going to build was going to be apostolic and prophetic in nature and character. How do we know that? Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 20. The Bible says, and the church is built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And Jesus Christ himself being the chief corner stone. Hence, everything that Jesus allows, everything that Jesus allows to take place in the church is designed and designated to manifest his presence, his power, and his glory. First of all, the people in the church are born again. They are blood washed. They are designed in such a way that their lives begin to glorify God. Whatever God builds, he builds is to glorify his name. How do we know? First Peter chapter 2 and verse 5 says, and you, Peter is saying to the saints, and you are living stones. In the church, as we are gathered here, she is a living stone. He is a living stone. She is a living stone. He is a living stone. That's what Peter says. We are alive. The Bible says we were dead in our sins before we came to Jesus. But now that we have come to Jesus, we have come alive. And Peter continues to say in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 5, he says, you are living stones, and when you come together in the manner we have come, you build a spiritual house. That's why Jesus says, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I shall be in the Amidus. Right now, just the gathering of two or three people, they build a spiritual house. Why? Because we are living stones. This house is built of several bricks or blocks or whatever. It's a spiritual house. Right now, this is a spiritual house. And because it, has, it becomes a spiritual house, it pleases the Lord to walk among his people. It pleases the Lord to stretch forth his right hand of power. His right hand of miracle signs and wonders. It should not be surprising when we see God working in our midst. Because whenever we come together, we build a, a spiritual house. And that spiritual house becomes a heavenly governmental authority to resist any form of darkness. So this is Right now, a spiritual house. So the members of the church, when we come together, we are meant to glorify the Lord. Our worship is meant to glorify the Lord, to bring down the presence of God, to bring down the power of God. This is why in a church like this, 
Just you sitting there, someone must be healed. Just you sitting there, you can receive your healing without anyone praying for you. Just you walking through that door, you can receive your miracle in any way. Why? Because this is a spiritual house. Our praise in the church is designed to bring down the presence of God. To bring down. Someone says, you will never see anyone whistling. If you hear someone whistling, you know they are at peace. Have you ever heard someone? When you hear someone doing that, it means things are going well in their lives. If things are never going well, you never whistle. You never whistle. I'm sure it's, every, it's like that everywhere in the world. If you hear, whenever you hear someone whistling, you know things are going well. So when we come together like this, it pleases the Lord. The Lord's presence is here right now. The preaching of God's word is intended. You know, the preaching of God's word is never intended to make you feel good. Yes, you may feel good. You may clap. You may say amen. You may dance. It's okay. But the chief end of it is that the power of God comes down. The preaching of God's word is designed to release the power of God. And how you receive a miracle, how you receive a miracle is, is dependent on how you interact with the word of God whilst it, when it's being preached. Right now, as I am preaching, may someone be healed. May someone be healed in the right shoulder. You are pain in your right shoulder, may you be healed as I'm ministering God's word right now. The Bible says the word of God is so powerful. The word of God is alive. This word is alive. That's why you, when you are reading the word of God, don't read it like any other book. The Bible says the other name for Jesus, Revelations 19 verse 13, is the word of God. So there is the speaking, the ministry of God's word releases the power of God. Jesus, the Bible says God has given the name of Jesus to the church. And the name of Jesus is above, far above every name. Far above every authority. You know, there are certain names when people mention them, people cower, people shudder. But when we counter that with the name of Jesus, everything must bow down. Everything must bow down. And today, I don't know what is going on in your life. Anything that is against what God is doing in your life, I counter it in the name of Jesus. I say I counter it in the name of Jesus. May it bow down right now. I shut it down right now in the name of Jesus. It doesn't matter the name that it is called after. I come against it. God has given us the name of Jesus so that we can access the things which have been spoken in heaven, which concern us. God has given us the name of Jesus so that 
That which is impossible can become possible. So at the mention of Jesus, that which is impossible should become possible today. God has given us the name of Jesus. So that that which cannot be obtained naturally can be obtained supernaturally. The name of Jesus gives us a stature. It gives us a stature. The Bible talks about how Jesus grew. In Luke chapter 2 verse 52, the Bible says he grew in wisdom and in stature. Now stature is what God gives you as he does his work in your life. Status is what people give you. Status is when you are nicely dressed and everyone says, oh, how are you, sir? How are you, madam? Or you have a great job, or you are driving a nice car, or you have a great house, and everyone's bound before you. But you know what? Status is temporal. But stature is permanent. Stature comes from the Lord. That's why Jesus, when he prayed, the heavens opened. The Bible says when he prayed, the heavens opened. Wherever Jesus walked, just by his life, the Bible says just by his life, he was shutting down the powers of darkness. He came to a certain city and the demons began to cry out. Have you come to judge us before time? That's why the Bible says you are a living stone. From today, consider yourself a living stone. Just by your life, when you walk in a place, things must begin to change. I can give you a few examples. Three years ago, I went to, I was ministering in Kenya. And in that, in that church, there was a woman whose husband was a, a, a manager of a five-star hotel. And she went home and was telling the husband what was going on in the church. And the husband invited us at the end of our seven-day conference to go and have breakfast and possibly even stay in that hotel. So after breakfast, the manager was showing me the, the place as we were walking in the corridor. The power of God began to knock down people in the rooms. The power of God began to knock down people, I mean the chefs in the kitchen. I'm telling you, I can sit here to tell you stories. We are living stones. We carry the presence of Jesus. It is what you carry that matters. So the question to you today is, what are you carrying? What do you carry when you're driving the city of, of, of Dallas? We carry the presence of Jesus. So the church has a mandate. And the mandate is prescribed here in Isaiah chapter 50, uh, sorry, 61. Very quickly, the mandate of the apostolic mandate of the church for the believers is that number one, to preach the good news to the meek. We have a responsibility to reach out, each one of us. Before our Lord Jesus left in Mark chapter 16, from verse 15, he says, you go and preach the gospel. And all those who believe shall be saved. And the Bible says they went out and the Lord was with them. Now, Jesus never asked anyone 
to preach the gospel without giving them power to cast out demons and healing the sick. I'll tell you why some of you are not experiencing miracles. The Bible says, is anyone among you sick? James chapter 5, from verse 14. Let them call the elders of the church and pray for them, anointing them with oil in the name of Jesus. And the Bible says, and the prayer made in faith will raise the sick. But do you know what we do? When we are sick, we first consider the hospital. Then when you are in the hospital, that's when you are calling the church to come and pray for you. That is unbelief. That is unbelief. Before you consider going to the hospital, consider me. Consider the men and the women of God. It is good for you to be seeing the power of God at work in your life on a daily basis. Why? Because it consolidates your faith. When you don't pray for the sick, when you don't cast out devils, you are not exercising your authority. And when you don't exercise your authority, you lose it. That's why many believers, they meet, whoever they meet, oh, pray for me, pray for me. It's not everyone who's going to pray for you. You need to learn to walk in authority. The Bible says, go and preach the good news. And wherever I say to those who are, who are meek, the ministry that Jesus has given us is the ministry of reconciliation. To reconcile men to God and men to one another. When we preach the gospel, people move out of their difficult conditions and get to better conditions. In the book of Luke chapter 7, I guess in verse 22, uh, the disciples, John sent his disciples to Jesus to find out. And then Jesus says, go and tell John. I mean, tells the disciples of John, go and tell him that the gospel is being preached to the poor. Everyone needs the gospel. The gospel is transformative. It changes people's lives. It changes people's way of thinking. It changes people's way of living. It changes people's lifestyles so that their lives can begin to glorify God. When we allow Jesus to build the church in the city, the church begins to build the city. Now, building the city is not just buildings. It's not just nice cars. It is the spiritual quality of the people in it. So when we allow Jesus to build the city, to build the church rather, and then the church begins to raise the standard in the city. And that standard begins to crush the works of darkness. It begins to crush immorality. It begins to You know, there are so many things people do which they think are trendy, and yet they, are, they dehumanize them. They lower their human standard of life. So we have the mandate to preach the gospel. Number two, to bind the broken hearted. You know, people get broken hearted when they are disappointed by the things which they trusted. The things they believed in. The people that they, they, they really loved. They, you know, they, they really trusted. They, they get betrayed. Their hearts get broken. The word of God binds, or rather, 
comes to bring healing in the lives or in the hearts of the people. Jesus' ministry always targeted the hearts of people. One day Jesus was talking to the people and he said, why are you thinking like that in your hearts? Jesus targeted the heart. And the word of God always targets the heart. Why? Because it's powerful, it is alive, it's supernatural. As a human being, I look at you from the outward, but the word of God reaches your heart. And may God's word, this is why in the book of Acts chapter 2, when Peter stood up to preach, the Bible says they were cut to their hearts. And they cried out, men and brethren, what shall we do to be saved? The word of God cast to the heart. It targets the heart, not the intellectual. People, you know, this is why people want to see. They ask me, how can we experience miracles? You are not going to see God at work if you are going to be in the church for 10, 10 minutes, 30 minutes. If you are going to worship for 10 minutes, you can't see much of God. You, can't see, you need to give God time. You need to love him. Giving somebody time is a sign of love. You can't claim you love somebody and you can't give them time. Giving time is a signature of how much you love somebody. There are many hypocritical Christians. They claim they love God and they want to be with him for 30 minutes. No. You, and then you want him to move. No. No, ma'am, you, you don't love him. Because the things of God are reserved for them that love him. They are for the children of the house. So Jesus, the word of God says we need to preach. Proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom to the prisoners. You know, captives are people who are held against their will. There are many people are held against their wills. Sickness holds you against your will. I come to set you free. If sickness is holding you against your will, I say, may you be set free. In the name of Jesus. Be set free. Some of you may not believe it now, but believe me, you get home, you find you are healed. I, I went to Mozambique after, you know, um, they got me, my horse got me from the airport. When we reached home in the house of my host, as we were entering the living room, there were people in the kitchen. There were three women. And the power of God began to knock them down. One of them was HIV positive. Went to see the doctor the next day, and she was declared healed. I'm telling you what happens and what can happen when you allow what you carry to glorify God. And what you carry is meant to glorify God 24-7. So if you, are, you feel bound against your will, may the Lord set you free right now. I say may you be set free right now. To set the prisoners free. Prisoners are those who have been sentenced and they are, if you are in some kind of prison, may you, be, may you come out of that prison right now. Number four said to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of the Lord. I don't know where you are at. Each one of us, we are going to have a day. May your day come. 
the day when God rescues you, the day when God, you know, um, secures your destiny. The preaching of God's word announces a new day, a new season. May you come to a new day. May you come to a new season. I proclaim a new season. I proclaim a new day for your life. The Bible says to comfort all who mourn. By this word of God, may there be comfort in this church. May there be comfort in the hearts and lives of those who are mourning. To order, may your lives be in order. May your lives be aligned with the will and the purpose of God. Ezekiel saw, one day Ezekiel saw, had a vision, and he saw the river flowing from the church, from the podium into the church and into the streets. May the revival flow from this podium into the church and into the streets. And that's what Isaiah was talking about. He says, our mandate is that, says, so that there can be trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord. May the Lord plant you. May the Lord plant you where you need to be planted so that you can be the righteousness of the Lord. This church is the planting of the Lord in this locality and in this city so that it can glorify the name of the Lord. And the Bible says they will be like trees, like tall trees, like the oak trees. Now, oak trees are very solid. They are very strong. They, they, they stand out. They, are, they, they, they stand out in the forest or wherever they are. They are so strong. They can resist a lot of things. May the Lord touch your life. The Lord wants to build you so that you can be like an oak tree. So that you can stand out wherever you are and you can wither down every manner of opposition and every manner of attack that comes against you from the powers of darkness. Once again, God is glorified by that which he is doing. May Mary, Martha, and now the story of Lazarus, I want to end with the story of Lazarus. The story of Lazarus gives us a picture of exactly what should be going on in the church. Where's Mary and Martha? May Mary and Martha and friends, Mary and Martha and their friends, can you come here and um, help me? Come here, Mary and Martha. Now, can you, Sharon, can you read? Yeah. It's okay, Martha. It's okay, Mary. It's okay, Martha. It's okay. It's okay, Mary. It's okay. Your brother will be okay. Your brother will be okay. Your brother. Yeah. Uh, read John chapter 11 and verse 39 from verse 39. 11? John chapter 11. Yeah. No, 39. 39, 39. Oh, 39. Hang on. Oh, yeah. That, thank you. That helps. Yeah. Okay, hang on. 
okay, Mary, you're crying too loud. They're not going to hear me. <laughs> okay. So, John 7, 39. But this spake he of the Spirit. Oh, you said. 11. Oh, good Lord. Sorry. One, one. Technology. Of a strange accent. Huh? John 11. Yeah. Um, John 11. I thought that was kind of wasn't going to work. Okay. Sorry. Technical difficulties. Nothing like getting drafted. I didn't know <laughs> what I was going to be doing. Um, oh, yeah, this is better. Okay. Jesus said, take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Thirty. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. So now Jesus was not yet come into the town, but was in that place where Martha met him. The Jews then, which were with her in the house and comforted her, uh, when they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily and went out, followed her, saying, She goeth unto the grave to weep there. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? And they said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, behold, how he loved him. And some of them said, could not this man, which opened the eyes of the blind, oh crud, I lost my place. No, it's just like, where were we? So the story goes on, and then Jesus says, show me where you have laid him. And so he comes, um, so remove the stone, remove the stone. The stone that was crossing the, the grave. Now the stone is removed. Lazarus, come out! So Lazarus comes out of the grave. Now, this is what happens in the church. When we preach the gospel, people come out of their evil ways. They come out of the world system, and they come to church. But though they come to church, they are still having the, the grave crops. There are people sitting right here. The grave crops are still on. I know what Jesus said. He said, remove the grave crops. Remove the grave crops. Now, it is our responsibility to make sure that we are removing the grave crops. So, that's why we need to be anointed. Now, you cannot do that without the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Because these are forces. The Bible says the anointing destroys the yoke. We need the anointing to destroy the yoke. So the grave straws are out, but this man is still bound. 
This is why we have people in the church. The power of God is moving. The presence of God is moving. But because they're bound, they cannot worship God. They cannot lift up their hands. They cannot jump up and, and dance. They, they, they have been in the church for so long. They're still bound. Because they're bound. Why? Because we in the church, we have not lost them. And then Jesus says, lose, um, open his, his eyes. Oh, sorry, put that back, put it back. I'm sorry. I'm going to hurry. I'm sorry. So, you, <laughs> so you know, his eyes are still folded. They can't see. And Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 and 18 says, God must open our eyes so that we may be able to see what God wants us to see. There are things that God wants us to see. This man cannot say. Let me show you an example. Do you know what this is? See, he can't see. <laughs> he can't see it. But you can see it. But he cannot see it. And this is what is happening in the church. There are many people whose eyes, they can see, but they don't perceive. Jesus says they can see, but they don't perceive. They can hear, but they don't understand. The Lord wants us to come to a place where we can see and perceive. Where we can, we can hear and understand. Remove the eye. What is this? You see, he can't, he can't see. He can, you know, he can see, but he can't talk. He can see, but he can't talk. Now, there are certain things we need to declare with our mouth. There are certain things we need to say. The word of God must be verbalized. The Bible says Jesus Christ is the high priest of our confession. Your mouth was created to glorify God. Your mouth was created to verbalize God's word, to speak God's word, to declare the will of God in your life. This man can say this, but he can't declare it. Remove that. What is this? How much is this? $100 bill. Okay, I'm giving it to you. Receive it. You see, he can't receive it because his hands are what? A bomb. There are many people in the church. They know what to receive. They know what is theirs. They know the healing is theirs. They can be healed. Why? Because their hands are bound. Their hands are bound. The word of God is being preached. The spirit of God is moving. But because they are bound, they cannot receive. Paul talks about the grace of giving and receiving. May you abound in the grace of giving and also receiving. So this man, he knows this is 100 bill. This is the best bill. Everyone wants this in their wallet. I want this in my wallet. But see, he can't receive it because his hands are bound. <laughs> unbind him. Unbind him. Can you now receive this? 
Sit down. Put it in your pocket. Put it in your pocket. God bless you. Congratulations. Yeah, you see now. He can now receive because his hands are free. He can now receive that. And he has a hundred dollar bill in his pocket. He can now take you for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> he has the confidence. He has now the confidence because as a hundred dollar bill, he has the confidence to take someone out for lunch. The Lord wants us to walk in confidence. He doesn't want your life to be cast down and what. He wants you to be confident. When you receive from the Lord, it gives you confidence. Whatever God has given you will give you confidence. Whatever God has given you will give you courage. Whatever God has given you will give you the stamina. Whatever God has given you will give you the authority to stand for it, to fight for it, to speak for it. What God has not given you does not belong to you. But whatever God has given you, it belongs to you. No one can take it away from you. It is yours and it is yours for the taking. As you'll be walking out through those doors, may you go with something. May you go and find a miracle in your car, in your house, at your office tomorrow. Go and find a miracle. May the Lord give you something. Now this man, the Lord has called him to walk, to go somewhere. Can you come here? You see the rate is walking. He's still bound. Do you know, Romans chapter 12 and verse 11, the Bible says we should not be slothful. We need to be quick in business, for God's business. We should not be slothful. There are many believers who are so slothful. God's business is agent. When you read the Bible, whoever was on God's business, they were quick. They were agile. They were fast. But this man is still bound. There are many people who are still bound. And it takes the believers to lose them. The woman of God will be preaching here, but it takes you to lose them. You walk. You see, he cannot walk. He can't go where God wants, really, he wants him really to go. Can you lose his legs? Walk. She's free now. He can glorify the Lord. He can praise the Lord. Can you run? Can you run? Run. Can you run around? Can you run? Can you run? Run. Run around. Run around. Run around. Run. 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 Do you see that this man has the freedom? You know, freedom is not dependent on what is around you. Freedom is dependent on what's going on inside you. God works from inside out. That's how God works. He works from inside out. And that's why we need to experience the peace of God. That's why when God comes on a scene, the first thing he says, peace be with you. And I said to you today, peace be with you. I say, peace be with you. Amen. 
And you know what? You have not just been released. Today you have been released in the power of the Lord. You see, the Spirit of God is upon him. The Spirit of God. Can you see the Spirit of God is upon him? Today, you, 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 your, your life will be running. Your life will be running. Hallelujah. Can you see the Spirit of God is on him? Can you see the power of God is on him right now? Right now, the power of God is on him. Can you see the power of God? See the power of God is on him right now. Can you see the power of God is on him right now? That's the power of God. Some years back, a group of Americans came to our church. They, were, they never believed in the power of God. And there was this tall black young man. He was a basketball player. And the power of God hit him. He went round running. Running like mad. And he came back here and became a champion. This, can you see the power of God on him now? Receive much of it now. May it increase in your life. May it increase in your life. May it increase in your life right now. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So you see, we don't just preach the word of God to excite people. We do it to release the power of God. Some of you here may not realize that the power of God is on you. When you get home, you see the power of God at work. Because you are not used May God visit you in your car. God can visit you in your car. May God visit you in your house, in your office, in your business. I declare a turnaround in your career, in your business, in your marriage. May your marriage be set free and begin to run. May your business be set free and begin to run. May your career be set free and begin to run. May your life be set free and begin to run. <laughs> you see, the power of God is on him. I'm not making this up. The power of God is truly on this young man. Watch God change his life. You see, church growth is, does not depend on how many people are there. Church growth means what God is doing in your life. The work that God is doing in your life, that is church growth. When life begins to be transformed, they begin to glorify the Lord. Minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day, week by week, year by year, year in, year out. I bless you today in the name of Jesus. We hope this message was a blessing to you. If you would like to partner with us, you can visit storehousedallas.com forward slash give. Or you can send a text message with an amount to 84321. Thank you very much for your contributions.